Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History. Brought to you by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. In 1800, large flatboats brought goods up the Connecticut River, and the river commerce brought large profits to their owners. The diversity of available products made Brattleboro a more desirable community, and the town prospered. In 1827, the first steamboat made its way to Brattleboro, and river commerce continued to flourish. Shortly after the appearance of the steamboats at the Arch Street Landing off from Main Street, a competition began between area communities for the next great advance in transportation and trade, the railroad train. In the 1840s, there were proposals for all sorts of railroad lines in northern New England, and fierce competitions sprouted up between towns. If a railroad line ran through your town and created a station stop, then it could mean a real boost for your industry and trade. If your town was bypassed by the rail line, then the fear was you could become a ghost town. After a great deal of marketing and consternation, in 1849, the Vermont and Massachusetts Railroad came to Brattleboro. The train station was just south of Arch Street Boat Landing, and it meant the end of the large boat commerce on the river. It was much more profitable to transport goods by rail than by boat. The next big transportation innovation was the airplane. The Wright brothers found their fame in 1903 with a plane flight in North Carolina. Later, in the early 1900s, Planes made their first appearances in Brattleboro. One of the early locations for plane flight was the open space at the Valley Fairgrounds, where the high school, middle school, and career center are now. Beginning in 1910, plane flights were featured at the Valley Fair. Within 10 years, people began flying planes in a small field at the north end of the Retreat Meadows, near the West River. In 1922, the recently formed Brattleboro Outing Club decided that it wanted to make a formal aviation field at the Meadows. This area had been used unofficially by pilots for a few years, and Fred and Evelyn Harris were the major organizers of the project. Airplanes were relatively new inventions. They were not reliable, and many people remained afraid of them. They often broke down or became uncontrollable while in the air. However, there were many airplane and transportation enthusiasts in Brattleboro who thought bringing planes to town would be similar to bringing the flatboats in the railroad. An airfield was a sign of progress and commercial opportunity. On August 18, 1922, the Brattleboro Aviation Field in the Retreat Meadows was dedicated and 3,000 people came to see flying stunts done by seven different planes. Evelyn Harris opened the festivities by raising the American flag and beginning the day's speeches. The governor of Vermont, James Hartness, attended and many people became airplane passengers for the first time. As the day was winding down, one last plane ride was begun. Evelyn Harris climbed into a biplane with two other passengers and the pilot began his takeoff at the northern end of the meadows. Tragically, the plane did not gain enough height and one wing clipped an elm tree. The plane veered to the right, crossed the West River, hit an electric power line and crashed to the ground. Two of the passengers were killed instantly. The pilot was able to jump from the plane just as it hit the ground and received minor injuries. Evelyn Harris was trapped in the plane and the pilot went back to pull her out of the wreckage, but she was badly burned. She was rushed to the hospital but died early the next morning.
This was a terrible tragedy, but it did not stop the Brattleboro Aviation Field from continuing to operate. As the years went on, people were looking for a larger field to turn into an airfield. According to local historian Richard Mitchell, everyone in town knew that when Brattleboro grew, it would be in the Putney Road direction, as that was the only flat land for development. And there were those who felt that an airport should be a part of that development. In 1930, a U.S. Department of Commerce study was conducted on farmland located west of Route 5 and north of Route 9. It was determined that an airport could fit in the area, and the federal government approved the construction of a new airfield. Three local businessmen in Brattleboro were the biggest supporters of the field. Christy Crowell, Ted Reed, and Henry Whitney invested a great deal of money into the creation of the airport that became known as the Brattleboro Airport at Crowell Field. In September of 1931, over 2,000 people paid to see the dedication of Crowell Field and the opening of the Reed and Whitney Flying Service Incorporated. As a newspaper article of the time declared, no expense has been spared to make the field one of the best in New England, and visiting airmen are very favorably impressed with its advantages. While the airport opened with a great deal of fanfare, the Great Depression was settling in, and there was not much demand for commercial or pleasure flights. The Reed Whitney Flying Service published a charter airplane rate schedule, which included the following fees. Round trip to Albany, New York, $32, to Boston, Massachusetts, $45, to New York City, $75, and to Miami, Florida, $700. According to the airport publication, the above rates include a stopover of 30 minutes at destination. Any further delay will be charged at a rate of $10 per hour. An overnight stop would add another $25 for pilot and plane expenses. This business model did not prove sustainable. By July 1932, less than a year after the airport was opened, a local savings and loan began foreclosure proceedings against the Crowell Field as the owners were not able to pay the mortgage or the taxes on the property. While Brattleboro's business community has seen its commercial base benefit from boats, trains, and the interstate, it seems not all transportation innovations have proven successful. Our two airport attempts were short-lived. Please join us next week for another story from Rattleboro's past.